0: Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. We can collectively heave a huge sigh of relief. Spring is here! Gardens up and down the UK are revealing glimpses of the season to come and this gentle crescendo of colour will only get better as the weeks and months pass by.
1: Snowdrops, aconites, cyclamen and hellebores will gradually give way to irises, crocuses, daffodils and fritillaries. These displays, whilst diminutive in stature, are brazen in colour. And let's not forget the more sizeable camellias, azaleas and rhododendrons, along with porcythias, anomalies, wisteria, cherries, lilacs and a plethora of other less mainstream plants. As spring unfurls, we're in for a guaranteed sensory bombardment.
0: The discussions about all these plants and many more on the cards. Join us now as we transport you into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener.
1: Ah, so. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I have had the most glorious Easter break. The weather has been amazing in Essex. Just wonderful.
0: Same down in Devon. We've had a lovely, lovely four days of weather. Four days off, four days off from our usual professional gardening and we probably both spent it. Doing our own gardening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did do a lot of gardening and it was very, very pleasurable. But I also made sure I had some family time and some downtime and just Good. some social time. We went to the local pub, public house a couple of times, um, did some walks, did go to the allotment, got that prepped a bit more, um, did some more stuff in the garden because we're trying to make it look spick and span this year as best we can. Uh, made sure the whole greenhouse was watered because that's just a hop, skip and a jump away from my house so I can go there and ian went there very kindly as well to keep things topped up in the propagator and um yeah it was just glorious we've got two cherries well actually we've got more we've got um three cherries in our garden we've got an autumn flowering cherry which has obviously been flowering sporadically all through uh autumn winter and spring but we've got an ordinary eating cherry i don't know which variety it is and a huge big pink ridiculous cherry which um i think it might be kanzan or one of those ones that's like a fully double thing and when it flowers oh my gosh it just brings you joy it can't you can't help but be uplifted by looking at this thing and both cherries actually decided to open their blossom over the easter weekend and it was yeah it was just like here we go spring's here let's crack on
0: just beautiful i think since the frost we had the blossom has uh, has got better obviously the magnolias didn't fare so well but the cherries have been glorious this year i we, i was at Exbury a week or two ago as i said in the last podcast and i saw um, prunus taihaku, which is the great white cherry the the uh, yeah the, the great you know this big Symbol of Japanese uh, culture and pride, the big white cherry. And it was absolutely festooned. So I think cherries, we can say, are having a good year. So I'm hoping that means apples. Yeah. Because the apple blossom is just starting to poke through the leaves, I've noticed. Um, a couple couple on the extremities have started opening, but we're still not into full apple blossom season No, yet.
1: my peers have been flowering at the hall and at home. Yes. They've done very, very well. They're going over... And now it's the turn of the cherries. And then, as you say, after that, it will be the apples. A lot of my apples are in bud. And I've got one um, kid's orange red. And the actually, the, the flowers in bud are rosy red. They're really very attractive. Mm. A lot of apple blossom does have a pink tinge to it, but some are pinker than others. And I would say this is a really, a real good looking apple. You know, it produces wonderful fruit, but also the blossom is really attractive as well. So I've been walking past that the last few days just feeling very happy. We are going to talk tonight about the highs and the lows because um, (laughs) gardening, as we know, is a learning process and Saul and I are still learning about things. We still have good experiences and bad experiences. So just to brace you all tonight, we might get a little bit maudling just for a second because there's a few things that have happened to me, one especially that I almost, I'm going to try not to cry about that happened over the weekend, but we've also got some really good stuff going on as well well the oh, there's always good stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's our Gu- gardening
0: loosening. is 99% good stuff yeah. and 1% frustrating stuff let's let's not just call it bad stuff let's call it frustrating yeah, yeah. Stuff. I'll
1: touch really quickly on the one thing that's that's still bugging me and it's flipping box moth Will you? I would, can you go and oh, do dear. one please box moth I don't need you in my life I really don't it's not going anywhere oh, it's not going no, anywhere sure, sure, I think. Not sorry you a, thanks for that no <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, honestly, um, I had it last year and I think I obviously did talk about it on the uh, podcast when I could bring myself to because it's quite a destructive pest. And this year I knew the populations were there over winters on the plants. I've got four s- central box beds in my edible veg garden, kitchen garden, whatever I want to call it at home. Three of them looking grand. One of them, for some reason... The um, box moth caterpillars have all decided to overwinter on this one particular triangle of box. Oh, it's looking brown. We've been... There. The last few nights, and luckily, I'm not the only one who's been getting fastidious about this, so I have been fastidiously picking off any caterpillars that I can see and squishing them and leaving them for the whoever can eat them. My husband, Ian, has been... So you know, really getting his teeth in there and uh, he's either been squishing them. Last night he tried squirting them with a jet of water. And then tonight he looked again and said, oh, I don't think that worked <laughs> very well. But, you know, he tried and, and that's all we can do. And so, yeah, it is what it is. I think we're going to win the battle slowly, but it's just a case of trial. It is because it's a new pest to me, trial and error. You know, what, working out what works, what doesn't. My my plan, because my tulips are just coming into flower, and I've got some lovely triumph tulips this spring a mixture of deep burgundies sort of like mottled pinks and then like a nice rosy pink and they're coming into flower now my plan is to prune the box back really quite hard once their blossoms have gone over because as I say three of the beds are looking quite nice with the box foliage it's just this one that's looking a bit awful at that point then I'm hoping that I can then get in there really see any box caterpillars that are hidden in the center of the plants uh, after the pruning Deal with them in, in the best way that I possibly can, and then the box can happily resprout and regrow because I know it's got a massive big root system on it. They're very healthy plants. It's just they keep getting defoliated. So, so I've got a kind of strategy there of what I can, what I can do. But if anyone else has got box moth out there and they've found a a hundred percent successful way of controlling it, I would be really interested to hear from you. <laughs> so, I'm I'm still in the experimental stage.
0: It's very much a southeast phenomenon at the moment because uh, it's not. It's not, well, it's not made its way down to southwest. I'm sure it will eventually. Now, I don't think it's much north of Birmingham, as far as I'm aware. Uh, so hopefully your experimentation will inform the rest of this country's gardeners of how to deal with it when it does reach us. I've got to say, our box is growing away very merrily. I haven't seen any blights this year, so I'm very, very pleased at the moment. But it does tend to strike after the first cut of the year, so that's usually mid-May. So we'll have to... We'll have to hold out on that prognosis yet. But uh, mm. you mentioned tulips. I think tulips are having a absolute cracking year. My tulips at Stonelands are looking fantastic. We've got three varieties. Apple Dawn, which is a deep red with a black and yellow centre. Uh, Ballerina, which is this very sort of luminescent pinkish sort of number, as you can mm. expect from being called Ballerina. And then Albatross, which is a bit later, hasn't come through, which is a which is a very staunch white uh, tulip and looks really good in our box bed. They're all Darwin mm. hybrids. I've mentioned this on the podcast plenty of times. I absolutely adore the Darwin hybrids because they're all very robust and therefore they stand up to our West Country winds quite well. But I think, so far, they're all looking terrific. Right. It helps that we haven't had any very heavy rain yeah, for a good it does. two weeks. So they haven't been damaged by the rain or winds to be honest so they're very upright they're very colorful i i think it's a really nice year for yeah. tulips
1: yeah i'm hoping to see some tulips locally i've got a couple of uh, work commitments to squeeze so shoehorn in but, th- but in between those shoehorning exercises i'm hoping to come and see some local gardens that have got a really good tulip display so fingers and toes i can pull that one off um can i can i talk to you about what happened and almost made me cry in my greenhouse oh, I over thought, the
0: weekend. I, I thought it was the box moth. We going to... No,
1: that's just an aside. Oh, God, that was just a taster.
0: Oh, the next frustration. This is uh, um, Gird Your Loins, uh, listeners, because we are going to the next... Uh, I'm going to the depths Lu- of it Luce, Lucy's Calamity of a Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's see. Well, it
1: was. It, it, it genuinely was. Um. So, you know me. I love my veg. And I've been busy propagating in my greenhouse all manner of stuff since... Um, early February. And it's all ramping up now, looking really lovely. I've got lots of modules all ready for transplanting out. I've trans- transplanted some things out already. Um, I was uh, in the greenhouse at the weekend trying to kind of bring it round. A few things have got a bit scruffy, a bit untidy. I was like, right, okay, I'm gonna get in there, make my greenhouse look really superb, make it hum um and look really lovely. So when you walk through those doors, You just get that feeling, you know, that feeling you get with a lovely greenhouse. It just really taps into something, doesn't it? So that was my intention, okay? And I'd already got my Lizetto. I've got two Lizetto tomato plants. So for those who don't know, uh, the Lizetto is a dwarf tomato. And of the dwarf tomatoes I've grown, uh, I think it's a really tasty variety. And I know taste is subjective, but it's got a lovely acid-sweet balance, which I find very, very pleasant. So I got my Lizettos all ready to put into my hanging baskets. And then what I do, I hang them in the eaves of the greenhouse so that they're up out of the way. And it was getting warm enough now. The nights are nice and warm. I thought, right, okay, get that job done. So I potted them up, got my lovely compost blend with my slow release fertilizer and put the Lizetto in. Uh, Ian helped me get the hooks ready because you have these uh, hanging basket hooks that you can fix them to certain heights. They're on like a lever and they retract and go up and down. So it's really great. Put them up. Well, put the first one up. uh, So imagine this now is dangling in the glasshouse eaves about uh, eight foot high. And the chain broke. And as as we stepped away, the hanging basket, this is a big hanging basket, about 35 centimetres diameter with, with said tomato in, fell down all onto my early strawberries that I've been forcing that were in not just full bloom, but they'd actually started producing strawberries. So it crashed oh, right down dump- onto them, all onto my modular um, spinach, beetroot, uh, landcress, agretti. Oh, oh my not God. the agretti. The whole lot. No! And you know when it happens in slow motion, it just the, the chain just went ping, and the whole thing just cascaded down and dumped itself.
0: Oh, dear.
1: Uh, and... I had to walk out of the greenhouse for a moment because I didn't quite know what to do. And then I had to kind of teeter back in and see what was going on and assess the damage. Ian, bless him, was very kind and he offered to help. I said, darling, I said, the best thing you can do, just leave me to it. Just leave me to it. And within 10 minutes, I'd rectified the whole situation. But during that 10 minute process, I, I went through all the emotions. I really did, you know, in the first minute or two, I was absolutely distraught so upset but also beside myself because my time is very precious these days i've got all sorts of commitments going on and that, that my sole intention was to go into that greenhouse and really enjoy it and what i'd done in the first two minutes was actually completely destroy one end of it so that was really frustrating um but yeah i managed to salvage most of the strawberries i had one or two flower trusses break off which was a shame the lazetto tomato thank god was absolutely fine. I just had to be repotted. Um, and all the modules, you know, everything was very forgiving in the end because the compost was so light and fluffy. It just sort of sat on the top and was a very obliging when I swept it away. So, oh, you know, it, but the, and I can say in that first minute, I, my world had just come to a grinding halt. It was awful. So that was a, that was an, an interesting thing over the weekend for me, but it's all rectified
0: now. Do you know, plants are fairly robust. I think I've learned in the 20 years I've been doing this is that you can, you always feel like you've damaged a plant or you've killed it or something and actually give it a week and it's grown back and it's like it's saying, what, what yeah. was the worry about, you know?
1: The plants can handle it, you I just, just couldn't. couldn't.
0: Yeah, humans, we're too, we're too <laughs> soft, plants are the tough. I, t- <laughs> I tell you what, I'll give you a bit of a, it's not a negative story, I just have no idea why it's happening. My tomatoes haven't germinated this year. At
1: all. Oh. Well I had that with Honeycomb. I put a shout yeah, out on you, Twitter yeah. because I had two failings of honeycomb. So what have you which ones have you been trying? Uh,
0: so this is my usual beefsteak, uh Big Daddy. I know Tufty. Yeah. Tufty will love me saying Big Daddy. Tufty grows Big Daddy now. But um that hasn't germinated and nor has um one of my standards, which is um Elsa Craig, has just not come through at all. So I'm not sure what I've done wrong there. I may have not put the prop set up the propagator correctly. That may be my fault right. or it may be the seed's fault. Who knows? So I'm probably going to have to go to buying um plugs. I'm gonna to have to go and buy some actual plants this year to put in. Which is which is the fail. it's a good failsafe for us it's gardeners. It's still
1: perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Do you know what, Saul? Somebody might take pity on you and hear oh. your your plight.
0: What, for Big because- Dad for Big Daddy.
1: <laughs> big Daddy and Elsie Craig. Do you know what? I have this is very timely because I wanted to do this, and actually, this is very appropriate. Matthew Rowland, you are an absolute gem of a man. He's a freelance gardener in Sheffield. And when I put my tweet out saying that my honeycomb hadn't germinated twice, he said, I've got some plants. Do you want me to send you some? Oh right. And I was like, Oh my gosh, if you could, Matthew, then that would be incredible. They arrived at the weekend. Ah. I've potted them up. Two beautiful honeycomb uh, cherry toms. So, honeycomb is an improvement on Sungold, which is a lovely orange um, cherry tom, but it can split, and honeycomb is meant to split. But well, it says it's not doesn't split at all. I, I have grown it and it splits a little bit, but not as much as sun gold. And it's a lovely, sweet tasting sherry tom. So Matthew, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful.
0: Do you know, gardeners it's are wonderful. incredibly generous people because I know mm. you've posted out some Magretti seed to well, one of our listeners as well. I who did. Who will be very grateful for that. Sent us a lovely email over there over the uh, weekend. Uh, We're
1: spreading the love, that. aren't we? Well, spreading the gardening love.
0: Well, that's... And, you know, I want to put a thank you to uh, a very uh, good friend of mine, someone who, if you follow my Twitter, you'll see all the time, whose name is Mike Clifford. He's uh, the, the, the godfather of the exotic world at the moment. And uh, I went to visit him, and he gave me a four-volume book... On orchids. Now the podcast oh. isn't very a visual medium, and I have, don't have them. <laughs> but each book is at least two inches wide, and it's a four volume. And then I looked inside to see what the price was. Now he did pay for them, which I'm glad he did. But they're two hundred quid for the set of books. So oh, what a lovely thing! Yeah, to what do. a lovely thing to do. You turn up and then hmm. uh, go away with these books. But uh, yeah, I think gardening is an incredibly generous lot of people. I just think we know that we're we're l- 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 watching out for each other. We've got each
1: other's backs, haven't we? That's so. it. Well, exactly. like I said, I hope that if there's anyone growing Big Daddy or Ailsa Craig, um, you
0: know,
1: <laughs> it makes you feel... So- for someone to do that and send you some plants in the post when you have never met you, they don't know who you are at all, it's, it's just a lovely, lovely thing. So, um, yeah, there you go. So is that your negative story, Saul, or is there more that you need to purge? I just want to brace myself. I'm trying to go on the up here, but I just want to... Do you feel what? like you need to get anything else off your chest?
0: Do you know, the only thing I want to say is I had four lovely days over Easter where I managed to do a bit of my garden, did do a bit of a resting, do some other bits. And having to go back to work this morning was actually quite <laughs> tricky. I usually love going to work because I go to work in a garden every day. But I've got to say, I cannot wait for the day where I can retire to my own little patch and do the things that I really love doing rather than knowing that I'm doing a garden for someone else. It's a difficult thing because you're not you're also doing the garden for yourself in some ways. You know, we don't work because we have we do work because we have to, but we don't work uh, you know, a, a a job that's quite menial. We work a really nice job. So it is quite pleasant going to work. But I gotta say, after four days it was quite tricky going to work today. So I'm I feel like I've done a week's work
1: you know what you need to do all those easter eggs that nick got you just <laughs> stick one in your pocket and then when you feel a little bit like you need a boost honestly chocolate does tap into something you're right um i have been grazing i've been grazing all day on um not my own eggs i'm just going to confess right now i because <laughs> we um we've got a little one in our lives now and um there's a lot of chocolate in our house and is it okay to eat your your children's
0: I'm going to be honest Uh, with you Lucy it's not just Easter (laughs) where there's lots of chocolate I've been to your house and I know that there's chocolate Uh, in all sorts of secret (laughs) cupboards that Ian doesn't even know about It was you,
1: (laughs) you raided us you cleared us out, I'm going to see what happens now
0: (laughs) Anyway, going on about generous people, we have a few people to thank because we've had a few more buy a coffee buy me a plant, so a big thank you to both Brendan and Julian for signing up you were entered into our prize draw for the Buley tickets. And we have a winner. Uh, Just going to let the machine select it. And the winner is Anne Tarr. Thank you, Anne. Yay. Well done, Anne. We shall be in touch soon. I believe you're in Aberdeen, so I'm not sure Bewley is on the doorstep. but We'll try and figure something out. We'll send Lucy up. I'll send Lucy up with the car. <laughs> She'll come and pick you up.
1: I'll come up with a van, Anne. We can have a great old time. Fill it up with plants. <laughs> Don't worry. Or a tractor. That might be a nice... Uh... Nice food trip for me. Might
0: might take you a bit to get to Aberdeen in a tractor. Maybe, maybe they've you ever been tempted to take your tractor out on the road and go down to the local town? Stonelands is just on the outskirts of Dawlish. And the amount of times in the last seven years I've been tempted just to go out on the tractor and drive down the high street to go and get some milk or something for the tea and then go back. Of course. It happens a lot in this, the West Country. It's not unusual, but I haven't done it yet. Have you ever been tempted?
1: I've never taken the tractor on the road. My dad has. My dad's got a lovely old Massey Fergie 135 and a little blue Iziki. And the Massey Fergie's been all over the place. If you go, my parents live at Crockleford. Just outside Colchester, uh, you are quite likely to see my father zipping down the road. In his old uh, Massey Ferguson. And saying that, when I was taking the dog for a walk with the family over the weekend, we passed a, well, we didn't pass, it passed us because it was moving. A lovely old grey Massey Fergie. Now, I don't know what the number would be. With that. Was that still a 135 or was that a, a different one? It must be maybe an older version. I, don't, I, don't I think know. they're much yeah. older, aren't they? So, um, And this gentleman went down the road and then he just came back up the road and I thought are you are you just taking your tractor for a spin you know top down easter weekend sun was shining so well done you if that was if that was his um approach hats off to that gent
0: I'd love to go down with the trailer and just put the milk in the trailer and and come back up if, well you need to do it if it's something you do at your garden let us know take a photo as you're going into Sainsbury's with your tractor. That'd be great. That really, that would make all the negativity go away. That would really make my day. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's been quite cold in West Country, and I want to ask you if you had a frost this morning. No.
1: No, no we, we didn't. No, we not had- at all.
0: We went down to three degrees this morning, which was interesting. So I just wonder, because I was tempted. The one thing I was going to do at the weekend was take my polytunnels down. Oh, right. But I'm very glad I yeah. didn't. So um, I was wondering if you, it was cold over your side, it's, I'm, just in case it was just... Yeah, a- no,
1: I, I don't think... I mean, we didn't have a frost, no. Um, it's definitely... We've got still a few cold nights. So my glass cloches are still out over the veggie garden, and I still shut the greenhouse down at night. Um, so I'm I'm doing that, but... Yeah, uh, we haven't had anything that that nippy. And
0: also, how's the rain? Because we are literally still gasping. Well,
1: uh, do you know what? I've been wanting to... I've done something I don't normally do, which is irrigate at night. Uh, And it's really annoying because I know that the slugs and the snails are going to love me for it and say thanks ever so much, Lucy. But I just have had a day where I haven't been able to get round to irrigating. And I thought, well, either I irrigate and the plants stay alive and then they have to take their chances with the slugs and snails, or I don't irrigate, and actually the growth will be so stunted, there won't be any point in growing them. So I have tonight gone round and watered all under my cloches. Um, I've got some brassicas out, I've got some lettuces, some, lots of spinach and turnips. Uh, I need them to bulk up. And the asparagus that I moved, that's all sprouting out now, and I actually thought, you know what, because it's been freshly transplanted um, from the ground elder ridden bed, I thought that needed a soak as well. And my broad beans, my broad beans are flowering, my aquedulce, my autumn sown ones, and I know... That is a significant time to irrigate because if they, get stress, if they get drought stressed when they're flowering, they actually abort seeds in their tiny embryonic right. pods. So the yield is significantly affected if you don't irrigate your poured beans, at least when they're flowering. If you can only get, for example, to your allotment or your plot to irrigate your beans every now and then, when they're flowering is such a key time.
0: Well, not when go.
1: they're young, not when they're you know, already yielding for you. Flowering time, very, very crucial
0: tip of the tip of the day and my tip is containers containers are just uh, absolutely as dry as a bone yeah. especially talking of those tulips most of my tulips are grown in pots get out there and get those containers watered at the moment and I'm watering three times a week at the moment because the sun when it does get up is quite It is quite warm it got to a good 15 16 degrees today so these pots are starting to to dry off they get quite warm around their extremities and that makes the 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 water dry off even quicker so get out there and water your pots as well is that's my tip there you go
1: no am i all right i'm just observing the time and i i need to build up to this momentous thing that happened in the garden i've talked about my tomato disaster um uh, but I've actually I've got a good thing to talk about because I want on it, I want to end on a high um I'd like to hope that you would also chip in with afterwards with something that's positive for you in the garden but I had the most glorious day on Friday no sorry I beg your pardon Thursday at the hall because it was good Friday wasn't it so I went into the hall on Thursday this week and I just I I needed to be paying the owners for that day. It was just fantastic rather than actually them paying me an alleyway. Right? It was just the best day and I'll explain why. It was like a crescendo of moments um, and it was just the best thing in the world. So um, the owners, uh, I was hoping they were going to come into the garden because I walked up and down the shrub rose border. We've got lots of new tulip plantings that I'd put in in the autumn and we'd persuaded the the family to bulk up the tulips they were looking stupendous and I thought god if Sarah can come out here and look at these that would just be perfect I know you know they've got it's difficult to get people out of the house these days but I said I phoned up in the house and said please could you just come out and have a look because it's looking amazing it was just a lovely morning light there was still a dew the sun wasn't yet really high in the sky, so they were all kind of like glowing on that that lovely backlit glow that you get on low sunlight. Um and we've got lots of lily flowered tulips and lots of parrot tulips that and all dotted amongst the, the roses. I did take a picture and put it on Twitter, but I don't think it did it justice. You had to actually be there.
0: Yeah.
1: And lo and behold, within ten minutes, because they could probably t- sense the excitement in my voice, they came out and we spent the most amazing twenty, thirty minutes just walking around the tulips looking at them all, cooing over the beauty of them all, deciding that we'd like a ball gown made of this or um, something made of that and just looking at the colours and to see the owners so excited about something that we'd done was really special. I know we've often talked about we'd love it if the owners could just come out and see that particular moment and how sometimes Mm. it's frustrating that they can't because they're not there or the moment's gone. I had my moment with them. It was just gorgeous and I thought I'm not going to rush this and they didn't want me to and it was just superb so that was that was the start of the day now I had three things after that that also made me feel I was the luckiest person in the world so one of them was very simple we've got the big fruit cage you've seen the fruit cage it's as big as yeah. a house <laughs> um there was a wagtail stuck in the fruit cage it happens now and then so I opened up the end uh walked down the other end uh, waved my arms around like a predator of, of, of some distinction and um wagtail flew out I thought there you go that's, that's nice. Job done. I feel that right, you know, all right. with it. It's like when you go past a water butt and you see a, lo- a ladybird or a beetle or something like that, That's and then true. you fish it out, yes. you know, you think, oh, you you, good, you walk away feeling, day. Yeah. you do you feel good about it, don't you? So that was that. At lunchtime, I went home because I'm so close to the hall. I go home at lunchtimes. Um, there was a, the lambs at the hall on the driveway at the moment are just beautiful. Such a sight to behold. And all the mums were there all proud with their lambs. One of them had got out, this little black lamb. So there I am, I've like, my mum and dad used to have sheep, I can do this. Jumped out of the car, trotted up to the lamb, put me, squatted down low, got my arms out wide. I was like, right, okay, which way are you going to go, little one? It decided to go to the left, I grabbed it, stood up, chucked it over the fence. Well, didn't, sorry, chuck it, that's a strong word. Gently placed it <laughs> over the fence, sorry for any more animal lovers. I was careful and it just bounded off to its mum, happy as. So I was like, oh, there you go, my day can't get much better. And then in the afternoon, I've been moving lots of pots from the nursery area to the bog garden. Because, you know, we're planting up the bog garden or we're getting ready to. So I thought, right, I'll get the pots there. I'm going to place them on the bog garden where they need to go. And then the owners can go, yep, yeah, we like them there. Or no, can you tweak this? So that was all going on. So I've been moving all these hemorrhicalis. Uh, from the cold frame. And I'd been toing a frame with a wheelbarrow, getting quite hot and bothered. And as I got down to the last 10 pots of hemerocallis, there was nothing else in the frame. I saw this little hairy bottom oh, t- in amongst the pots of the daylilies. And I was like, oh my God, and it was it was a little bunny rabbit oh. that got in. So our cold frame and all these nursery bits in the kitchen garden. So this How little very tiny Easter. bunny. Very oh my Easter. gosh, wasn't it just? And I'd got Lily, our Labrador, with me. And I thought, oh right, okay. So my first thought was just put Lily quietly away before she gets the scent. Put it in her in the garden office. So I shut the door, put her there. When I came back, I'd got my gloves on because I, I don't want to put my scent on the rabbit. Be very careful. And I know baby rabbits can spring left right and they've got some legs to them. They've got some power. So I crouched down. I moved the daylilies that were around the edge uh, and not sheltering the bunny. I sort of like got them out of the way. So I'd got the last four pots with this port. And this bunny, by this time, it wasn't a bottom. It had turned round and it was looking straight at me and its little nose was twitching and it was just me and the bunny. We had a moment. So what I did, I put my hand f- that they could see forward. as if I, if I was going to gently pick it up, And actually with my other hand, I reached over the top so it couldn't see me coming. And I got it. I grabbed it and I got it. And I held it to my chest, put my hand over its head to calm it down. And that's what you do with the animals or or birds or whatever you you manage to grab. Held it to my my chest and I thought, right, where am I going to go? And um, I managed to navigate two gates um, with this bunny clamped to my bosoms. And I went through to the woodland and I popped it over. A fence where there's some very fine chicken wire so I knew it couldn't get back into the estate and it bounded off and it was just the most moment, wonderful moment and I was like there you go and that was my day that was my Friday
0: a perfect day God. to end before Easter well <laughs> I, I really don't know if I could top that at all I don't think I can oh, so I'm probably going to leave it I'm probably going to leave it like that and I, just to say that this is the last uh podcast before our Gardener's World Spring Fair appearance at Bewley in Hampshire. And I just want to say, if any of you are listening, are going to be at Bewley next week. If you've booked onto the Plant Expert Tours, we're looking forward to seeing you. But even if you're not, we're going to be in the Veg Garden and the Victorian Flower Garden. So please do come down. Come and say hello to us. Bring Lucy some biscuits. She's been making very subtle hints about biscuits. So, But yeah, we really hope if you are coming, you're going to enjoy... Uh, hopefully i've guaranteed the weather so uh, we're gonna have a lovely time but uh, yeah we will record a couple of podcasts from the show so that you'll hear us live from the show next weekend and yeah if you have got any stories that top lucy's perfect day on thursday (laughs) let us know but if you don't we really hope sometime this week or next week you have a perfect day like lucy
1: With today's podcast at an end, we hope we've given you a glimpse into our respective gardening lives. Spring is such an incredibly crucial time in the garden, so stick with us over the coming episodes as we guide you through the key tasks of the season. Whether it's propagating seeds, planting up borders, thwarting weeds or wielding those secateurs, we'll ensure your gardening season remains on track with our guidance and encouragement.
0: And if you've enjoyed listening to us, we'd love you to leave a review via your preferred podcast provider. Or on one of our social media platforms, interact with us via our Twitter accounts at gardening Saul and at Head Gardener LC. Lucy is also over on Instagram, again Head Gardener LC. If you feel so inclined, you can even support us at BuyMeACoffee.com/talkingheads. Your support would mean so much to both of us.
1: Spring offers some of the most exciting transformations. Within weeks, the muted landscape around us will become ever greener and more floriferous. We are in for an utter treat.
0: So, until the next episode of Talking Heads… Goodbye!